school is in session with basketball you welcome to your study time for the world of college hoops now here are your professors aki and Hanley on espn 1000 happy selection sunday here on espn 1000 tyler aki brian hanley it's basketball you we're taking your calls, 312-332-3776, as we talk all things college hoops today, getting you ready for the bracket reveal later on today after the Big Ten tournament. Brian, what a day yesterday. We'll get into everything that went down, whether it was some thrilling finishes, some upsets, some coaches being fired yesterday that might be getting into the tournament uh, later on today, but it was a great Saturday of college hoops, but getting into sort of what's at stake today, we've got the Big Ten Championship on later today with Purdue and Iowa. We're looking at a great day of college hoops to set up a really thrilling selection Sunday. Absolutely, and it is interesting though, Tyler, that it seems like the committee, the selection committee, isn't really sweating a lot uh, going into the, the selection Sunday. It seems like a lot of their work was done and not a whole lot, I guess, we can debate Maybe one of the top seeds, one of the top number one seeds. I don't know if we can even do that. I think that's pretty well said as well. Yeah, I would say three of them are pretty much in stone right now. In the fourth, you're feeling pretty good about it being Baylor at the moment. But again, some things can change. Who knows how everything else will shake out today. So five auto bids left to go today. It's the Ivy League, the SEC, the Atlantic 10, the American, and the Big 10 today. The other 27 already punched because their conference tournaments are in the rearview mirror at this point. But going into today, the the selection committee, like you said, probably doesn't have a lot to sweat out. They probably feel like their work, for the most part, is done. There's two potential bid stealers that you're looking at. In the SEC, it could be Texas A&M that takes a spot. In the, in the Atlantic 10, it could be Richmond that maybe plays spoiler for somebody's NCAA tournament hopes. But I look at the teams on the bubble this year, and I say to myself, if you're not getting in as a bubble team this year, you kind of did it to yourself, whether you lost early on in your conference tournaments and whatnot. But it, if you're a bubble team, this is one of the least stressful selection Sundays in recent memory, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know if Notre Dame fans are sweating it at all, but uh, you know, you could make a case that they should. Xavier fans as well, Michigan. Um, you know, there are a lot of debate during the Big, uh, Big Ten tournament about how many teams and Oh, definitely. Rutgers looks like a, a tournament team, no doubt about it. Well, I'm not so sure with that 18 and 13 record. Um, Indiana is come on, and I don't know about you, but Trace Jackson Davis was the most impressive player in that tournament for me. No doubt. Mm-hmm. And go ask Illinois fans. I know they're still smarting a little bit about how that game went down, but you talk about no one to blame but yourself. Turnovers, missed free throws, missed layups. And I know Illini Nation likes, you know, people, you know, like to say they, they always feel slighted about everything. They, Brad Underwood tried to put the spin on it that it's okay to go home to Champagne and rest up. And instead of, you know, vying for a number one seed, we'll probably be a number four seed and we'll all be fine with that. I'm not so sure because that was a very sloppy game for the Illini. Right. So 312-332-3776, Illini Nation, how are you feeling about your team heading into the tournament? Again, Illinois lost in their only Big Ten tournament game, and this was a team that thought, hmm, we could go out and, and win this Big Ten tournament. They were the number one seed, for crying out loud. They won 
the, a share of the regular season and then had the tiebreaker over Wisconsin. So, Illini Nation, let us know your thoughts. 312-332-3776. Or if you're a fan of any other team, how are you feeling about your team heading into Selection Sunday and the NCAA tournament? When we look at Illinois, I, I think it's – they're one of those teams right now that they're in my I can't trust quite yet because of the the inconsistent nature of – What's, what you're going to get night in and night out from the point guard, whether it's who is going to be the point guard, too. Is it going to be Andre Curbelo? Is it going to be a Trent Frazier? Or are we going to need to have a, a day of Alfonso Plummer hero ball? You've got the consistency in Kofi Coburn, but outside of that, it's kind of dealer's choice of what you're going to get from a production standpoint. Curbelo is an interesting player, and um, it, it, I, he's on my I-can't-trust list either. I mean, as much as the Illini is on your can't-trust I, I think I might go with Trent Frazier there. Uh, Curbelo, probably, you know, flashy, probably more talent. But when we saw we saw those, you know, the drive, the the behind the uh, pass, behind the back dribbles, the drive to the hoop late in the game in the final seconds, and he can't finish at the rim. And um, boy, it's just it, if you're coming down to the final possession, do you want it in his hands? You know, make right. that case for me because. I'd be sweating if I was an Illini fan in a tournament game with Curbelo. And yet, when he's on, you see the talent, and it's undeniable. Right. And that's the frustrating part is can he put it all together? Like, I know you're a Marquette guy. Way back in the early stages of the season, he kind of punted away that Marquette yep. win. Yep. He, Illinois had that game in the bag. And he he just could not be relied upon down the stretch. But you're right. I, I like your pick there of Trent Frazier because I think that he is one of those guys who doesn't get enough credit for what he has done with Illinois. Just one of those fifth-year seniors, the guy who's been in college for a thousand years, has seen everything, went to the tournament last year. But he's never been the star, per se, of a good Illini team. You think last year they had Io and Kofi, um, and even guys like Adam Miller were very good for them as well. And Curbelo was the hot new thing because he was coming off the bench last season. And they, I mean, you talk to some people... In Champagne, they thought he's going to break the assist record. Talking about Andre Curbelo, that's how much hype he got after his freshman season. But I look at Trent Frazier as a guy who he plays solid defense. He's going to be a, a, a guy that you can rely on for a bucket down the stretch. But it feels like he's got some other teammates that maybe want that last shot a little bit more when... In reality, the ball should probably be in Trent Frazier's hands because A, you trust him more, and B, he's proven that he can hit those big shots. And look, I, I, right now, Illini fans are screaming at the radio, Trent Frazier threw that ball away on the no-look pass with 15 seconds left. Okay, I'm not sure it was his fault, but here's what I did like about it, Tyler. After the game, he absolutely said, i got to be better than that. You know, I, I, he, he said it's on me, right? He, he pointed a thumb instead of a finger. Now, you know, the ball went sailing to nobody into the first row, and he was the one who, who turned the ball over. So I'm sure, you know, Illini fans are saying, you know, he's not uh, uh, guiltless here as well. But I'll take my chances with, with 
him being more calm, cool, and collected as we move forward. 312-332-3776, Illini Nation. How are you feeling about your team heading into Selection Sunday? Again, one and done in the Big Ten tournament for a team that has lofty goals. They thought maybe they could bump their way all the way up to a two-seed, per se. Again, there were some inconsistencies with Illinois throughout the season, but you always had something you could point to that was valid, right? You always had injuries or something of of the sort. You played some really tough games in the Big Ten, too. You really didn't have any terrible hiccups once you got into Big Ten play. You had the Maryland game, but for some reason, Maryland gives this Illinois team fits. Now, luckily for the Illini, they're not going to have to worry about Maryland for the rest of the year because they're not a tournament team. But you look at the losses that they had this year. Purdue in double overtime, that was on Martin Luther King Day, and that had like the entire spotlight of college basketball. That was a fantastic game. So you cough two up to Purdue. I think that's a really bad matchup for Illinois. Um, and then you lost to Rutgers when they were like the hottest team in the country at that point. And there's no shame in losing to Ohio State either. But this is the one right here, this Big Ten tournament loss to Indiana that kind of has me scratching my head a little bit. Yeah, I, I just, you know, Look, and again, it's probably spin. You know, Brad Underwood talked about, well, last year they were an exhausted team. Okay, on, you know, that, that might be the case. But when you go ahead and get a share of the Big Ten title and you want to kind of uh, get revenge or, you know, forget about last year and do better this year, you got to be better than that in the first round. And there's right. no way you cough up that game the way you did. You didn't get beat, you beat yourself. So I get why, you know, he's trying to put a positive spin on it so that his guys don't kind of wallow in that loss. And and rest will always help a team at this point in the season as you head into the big big uh, into the tournament. But that said, you know, you should win that Big Ten. You should certainly be playing today to, for the chance to win the Big Ten right. tournament. That, yeah. that, I mean, it, you're exhausted, tired, not tired, whatever. Um, again, I just think he's trying to get his the, the the minds of his player off that loss. But for the rest of the Illini fans, I don't think are are forgetting that loss as easily. Right, and again, this is a team that won the Big Ten last year. They lose Io Desumu, and I'm wondering too with Illinois, how much are they going to miss a guy like Io? Because we kind of talked about the inability to know who's going to be the guy in crunch time because it's usually not a big guy like Kofi's going to be the guy that's going to be most dominant from minutes zero all the way through minute 38 and he's going to get his touches too down the stretch but he's not the guy who you're going to have taking the last shot for you in all likelihood he's going to be the guy who is you're going to help he's going to help you build up a lead um and he's going to he's going to do really good things on on the boards as well for you but Io was such an important part of what Illinois did in crunch time. How many big shots did he hit last year? And now it's kind of like, all right, is it going to be a plumber day? Is it going to be a a uh, Trent Frazier day? Is Curbelo going to have the ball in crunch time? It, it just, it leaves me, you want that closer on your team. And right now, the closer by committee thing Makes you makes you feel a little a little uneasy if you're an Illini fan, at least in my yeah. opinion. It's not just in baseball. Closer by committees, you know. If you have two quarterbacks in football, you don't have one quarterback. It's not you know. You can go ahead and spin that too. Hey, Kofi didn't get his first field goal till almost ten minutes into that game, right? So he's going to have to help you build leads, but and he's going to draw the attention. Obviously, being a twenty ten guy, automatic machine, twenty points, ten rebounds as soon as he steps out there, right? But. And, you know, everyone's going to be looking at that film and that tape, and they're going to find a, a way to take him out of the equation as much as they can to mitigate that. 
and say, go ahead, someone else beat, beat us because we're not going to let Kofi steal the day here. There's two ways you beat Illinois, in my opinion. You either have a big that can stretch the floor and have him step out and basically pull Kofi out of his element, or you have multiple bigs on your team that you can cycle through a la Purdue. I think that's the reason why Purdue has beaten Illinois twice this season. It's because of the fact that they've got two guys who are never going to get in foul trouble and are going to be in a battle all night long against a guy like Kofi Coburn in the post. So 312-332-3776. Illini fans, how are you feeling about your team heading into Selection Sunday and the NCAA tournament? Right now on Bracket Matrix, and for those of you unfamiliar with Bracket Matrix, it basically takes a composite of every single bracketologist across the country and gives you the composite seating. So right now I'm looking, they've got Illinois as the second, fourth seed. Um, and Joe Lenardi also has them as a four seed heading into Selection Sunday. Let's go out to Hillside and Tina. Tina, you're on Basketball You. Hey, how you doing? So I was calling to respond to the uh, how Illini fans are feeling about Trent Frazier, the team overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the Illini Nation is definitely something like we understand what Trent has done over the last five years. He is somebody we want with his hands on the ball. That play in the tournament was kind of an aberration for him. Um, he's a big shot hitter. So I right. think you won't really find an Illini fan that doesn't have confidence in Trent. Um, the shooting on the team is really something that me personally I'm worried about just because you know, we are a make-or-miss team. And in the tournament you get those weird backdrops where shots may or may not fall. Uh, but I think we do know that this team has been tired in the past. What Brad said does definitely ring true. Um, so I think most fans are confident about those early rounds and starting to get into the later rounds. Might be where we see a little bit of trouble. Yeah, that's a good point. I think in the in the case of Trent Frazier and Tino, we thank you for the call. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to hop in, Illini fans, I think with, with a team like Illinois and Tina, kind of hit it on the head there, where. You can be make or miss in some of these games. It's the instability of what you're going to have night in and night out. It can be, again, the the NCAA tournament can be a fickle thing because of the fact that you're off one night and there are there goes your entire championship hopes and dreams. So when you do have the instability shooting the basketball and just looking at Illinois, they're shooting about 37%. From three, but I don't think that really tells the story of what they do as a team because you have some nights where you're shooting 20%. You've got other nights where you're shooting 45% from three. It's finding that level of consistency night in and night out. Well, how about that? They, they shot 36%, 35.7% uh, overall against Indiana, right? And they missed eight of 23 free throws. You know, there's yeah, no, that was another thing. Oh, oh, I mean, you want to talk about games coming down the line. And, and by the way, the officiating, once again, has uh, left me scratching my head watching a lot of these games across the country. Um, we've had guys, uh, officials overruling the other two guys well after the whistle. Um, all sorts of things going on. But anyway, so if you happen to get inconsistent officiating, and I know Line Eye Nation. Uh, oh, do feels, they like, they love it. They love hearing all that stuff. They love, yeah. like if you go to a Line Eye message boards, you know what the best fan base is with this? There's a Kentucky uh, website that like grades out every single ref and it has like a ref scouting report. It's unbelievable. Way deep in the database. It's it is it's amazing the lengths that some of these college 
um, fan bases go to. But that's part of what makes this time of year and this sport so great is there is that level of passion for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in the NBA, they come out with the last two minute report after each game, you know, after each day the next morning. It's funny when the Kentucky faithful are, are doing that during the game and coming out with a report card after each game. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. All right, 312-332-3776. How are you feeling, Illini fans, heading into the tournament? Also, how are you feeling? Maybe you're not an Illini fan. Maybe you're an Indiana fan. Maybe you're an Iowa fan. How about the Hawkeyes? They had a fantastic finish yesterday. We'll recap some of the other big games from around the country in yesterday's championship week Saturday. And we will also get to all your calls. 312-332-3776. This is Basketball You Listen on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2 and the ESPN Chicago app. Also, watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. We'll be right back. Basketball U on ESPN 1000. We're going to be with you every single Sunday throughout the NCAA tournament, breaking down all the games. Obviously, today, Selection Sunday, which is a huge, huge day on my basketball calendar every single year. Tyler Aki, Brian Hanley with you, taking you till noon today, talking all things college basketball, getting you ready for Selection Sunday. How do you feel about your team heading into Selection Sunday? 312-332-3776. Some teams still have games to go today, too. We've got five games left, five championships, the Ivy League, the SEC, the A-10, the American, and, of course, the big one in the Big Ten. Let's go out to Mark in Lakeview. Mark, what's going on? Hey, guys. I, I, I've been watching. I've called out the Illini, and I've been watching them faithfully for a long time. And I, I, maybe this isn't a popular opinion, but... I look at this team and it's just not a disciplined team. And that just comes down to coaching. Like if you, if you look at the, the way they finished that game against Indiana, you throw one pass away inexplicably, you let the shot clock run out and have to get a desperation attempt. Like I, I, to me, yes, you guys said something about the uh, lack of a closer, but to me, that team just, it just seemed to play playground ball. Yeah, that's a good point, Mark. I, I agree for the most part there. And that's the crazy thing to me about Illinois is you'd expect there to be a good amount of discipline on this team. When you look at some of the veterans that they have, we've talked about exactly. Trent Frazier, a fifth-year guy. DeMonte Williams has been there forever. Uh, Kofi Coburn, obviously, he's a junior on this team. So, And then you bring in a grad transfer in Alfonso Plummer as well. I just don't understand. And I think you're right. I think you're right that there is just a lack of discipline on this team to a degree, too. And it comes to bite them in some big moments. And in a, a one-and-done sort of format, that could be your season. And it has been for the last two seasons when they've been good enough to play with anybody. they got the talent. There's certainly the talent on the roster. There's no doubt about that. Thanks, Mark, for the call. 312-332-3776. Can I give you a, a, a discipline Illini story that goes way yes, back to the would flying love Illini? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the flying Illini is my first beat at the Sun-Times, and I, I you know, walked right into a great team that made it all the way to Seattle and probably should have won the whole thing. Uh, but Lou Henson, God bless Lou Henson, he, Kenny Battle did, made a 360-degree dunk in a game and immediately Lou Henson pulled him and benched him. <laughs> and we asked Lou after the game, why you would bench Kenny battle after he just put on this highlight reel dunk. And he said, well, now, now we know Kenny battle can make that shot, but if we allow him to make that shot, well then little PJ Bowman 
Now he's going to want to do that too. And we just can't roll out the ball and let the, the fellows recreate. So we just had to tell Kenny to come over and sit over here and think about it for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard Dion Thomas uh, tell that story a, a year ago. I think it may have even been with Kenny on, on Dion's podcast. But yeah, n- that's the thing. It's like, I, it's funny you bring that up too, because I remember watching Purdue, I believe it was the Penn State game. So this would have been on Friday. And Travion Williams, he had a breakaway dunk, and he goes for the windmill, and then it just kind of flies out of his hands. And <laughs> and uh, you see him and Jaden Ivey laughing about it. But no, you're right. Like Those are the little things that maybe swing a game in March. Yep. Maybe it's not going to hurt you there, but will it hurt you in the Sweet 16? Will it hurt you in the Final Four or something you of that nature? Yeah, you don't get style points, so just go ahead and lay it in, right? I right. mean, <laughs> you know, the 360 is wonderful, and everyone's ooing and eye, but... A good coach says, you know what? We don't need it. We don't need the bells and whistles. Just put the ball in the hoop. Let's go. You do get Instagram points for that, though. You do. Yes, and, you and for do. some of these kids, that's all that matters. <laughs> 312-332-3776. Illinois fans, how you feeling about your team? Or if you're a fan of any other team, how you feeling on this selection Sunday? Oh, I know someone who's nervous right now. We go to Tal in North Riverside. Tal, what's going on? Not much. Got my Hawkeyes. What and do the you big mean not MVP. much is going on? Oh, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm just sitting here like a bundle of nerves. <laughs> I am not looking forward to going up against Purdue. I, listen, I think the way, and this is part of the beauty of March, when you've got a team playing as hot right now as Iowa is, like, y- you like your chances. You like your chances a little bit more. Well, the bank was chances. open yesterday, yeah. Oh, Jabo, and you want to talk about someone who's been there forever. He's in his sixth year playing at Iowa. He's been through three presidents. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, you look at Jordan Bohan and what he's done for this team, and I, I look too, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now, and it has the projections for the game. They uh, Ken Palm right now has Iowa winning this game by one point. And, I saw that yesterday, and I'm just trying to ignore that stuff because they haven't even dribbled a ball yet. So <laughs> well, all of this, Jerry Palm is Iowa and Loyola facing off in San Diego for the first game. Really? Yeah, I don't know how you feel oh, wow. about that. I don't know how I feel about that either. I mean, as long as Keegan's hitting his shots, he was having issues with his layups yesterday, but I really think Keegan needs to be in the conversation for National Player of the Year. Uh, I really hope he decides to come back one more year, but the NBA mock draft has him going like seventh or eighth. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. it's amazing. And, and Tal, we thank you for your call, and good luck to your Hawkeyes today. It's amazing the sophomore boom we've seen in the Big Ten. When you look at guys like Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey, all guys who, especially in this season where we saw the transfer portal run rampant throughout college basketball, to see all these sophomores, guys who stuck around, maybe didn't get all the minutes they wanted last year, but they stuck around, stuck through the process, and now you're seeing them. All, I mean, all of them at some point or another were in the National Player of the Year conversation. Keegan Murray, I, I don't think he's talked about enough. I really don't. He is one of the most underrated players in college basketball right now. And I'm wondering, too, is he going to be this sort of Kemba candidate where he goes on this run in the NCAA tournament and you're going to see his draft stock absolutely skyrocket as a result of something like that? Well, tell you what, if he's six or seven now, he's going to the NBA. It doesn't matter if he moves up anymore. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let me ask Johnny Davis to bring up his name. Mm-hmm. Do you make the case that he should be conference player of the year over uh, Kofi because he's got less talent around him, although we just had a line eye caller you know, who basically said they're they're on a disciplined team and maybe not enough talent to go along with it too. But 
Do you buy that, that, that Johnny Davis had to do more to get Wisconsin to where it uh, I really do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I look at Johnny Davis. That's an NIT team without him. Yeah. It really is. Like that, It is so bereft of talent on that Wisconsin roster. But what he has done, and that's the thing with Wisconsin, is you're not used to having these NBA guys just emerge, these lottery pick-type guys kind of shoulder the load for you. Um, but getting into the the Iowa and Purdue game, if you like offense, this is the game for you. These are the top two teams in the country according to offensive efficiency. And it's funny, too, to me because a lot of people are drawing the conclusion that Purdue is like Iowa from a season ago. Because remember Iowa last year, they were all offense, no defense. But I think it's a little bit different because this Purdue team, in my opinion, are they bad? And do the metrics look bad defensively? Yes, they're not endearing. You look at their Ken Palm defense, they're 102nd right now. But I look at Purdue as you've got the pieces to be a good defensive basketball team. When you've got a great perimeter defender like Jaden Ivey and you've also got an eraser at the rim like you do in Zach Eady at seven foot four. You're going to have a chance. I, I look at uh, Iowa from a season ago. They didn't have those pieces defensively. They were just a bad defensive team, but they started to figure things out defensively towards the end of the year. Yeah, no doubt. When you got 7-4, I mean, you, you can't coach that. I mean, there you go. Just go over there and don't get in foul trouble. That's pretty intimidating. Absolutely. 312-332-3776. How are you feeling about your team heading into Selection Sunday? Let's check in with Jerry in Aurora. What's going on, Jerry? Hey, good morning. No, you're you're talking right up my alley here, talking Purdue. Um, most of Boiler Nation, we've, we've felt we've almost peaked back in December. We just haven't, you know, I mean, the record is good, and, and they've been playing good. They haven't been playing great. But I think some of it has to do with the competition. And, um, you know, Michigan State is just a granted-out street fight. And, you know, that's the way Izzo coaches, and that's the way uh, – you know, I, I guess I could say the Big Ten is kind of that way. It's the most physical league there is. Uh, you know, the refs seem to hold on to their whistle and uh, just let guys get mugged. And it's, I'm not just saying on Purdue, on every team. So it'll be interesting going forward here in the, in the dance, uh, you know, how games are officiated. Hey, Jerry, I've got a question for you as a Purdue fan because this is kind of the thing that I have taken away and Purdue knows they're good. They know they can hang with any team in the country on a night in night out basis. But do they look bored to you at times? Cause that's sometimes the vibe I get with them that they know they're good. They know that, uh, that game against Michigan state at the end of the year probably doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, the, the game against Michigan, uh, it's not a huge game for them. Uh, and that Michigan game too was a really tough spot for them with their third game. It's, it's uh, it was their second game in three days. But at times, to me, they look bored. Do you get that vibe, too? I don't know if bored is. I, I think there's just there's been inconsistencies uh, amongst the seniors. Um, you know, yesterday, uh, Hunter hit a couple big threes when the game got tight. And I think, unfortunately, they played at the level of the competition. Um, I know Indiana got hot at the, at the end of the year, and, you know, the last game of the year, uh, Purdue pulls it all. You know, they've, they've got a lot of close games here if you look at their schedule uh, before the Big Ten tournament. You know, every game was close. Uh, either lose on a last-second shot, uh, a bank shot, you know, mm-hmm. against Michigan State or against Wisconsin, and a, a last last uh, shot three from Michigan State in regular season. I, that's what I think 
gets Painter, uh, Coach Painter, crazy because I think he sees the talent, but they just can't. They haven't clicked, at least you know from what I read and on the boards. They just and Coach Payne, I think, even kind of says it without saying it. They just haven't been able to get back to where they were in December. I mean, they played well, obviously, stayed in the top ten throughout that whole time. Um, so that's why I guess we're all all of us are hoping that that does click. It, you know, today won't be easy. It won't be a grinded out game, certainly like Michigan State was yesterday. And uh, I think anything above 75, 80 points today will be the norm. You know, Iowa's been hot as the, you know, like you said, the hottest team in the, the, almost in the country here in the last five games. So it should be a great game. Um, defense, turnovers. Uh, Purdue has a tendency to turn the ball over. But Iowa's defense is, you know, it's not like Michigan State's defense. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Right. Yep. And, 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 and hey, I, I, you gotta One like your chances Fran, in a shootout I too. Fran. I love Fran, and I I hope he doesn't have to go Fran Con nine today. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank Thanks. you, Jerry, for the call three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're gonna also take a look back at everything that happened yesterday. How does it set up for Selection Sunday today? We'll recap some of the action yesterday and take all your calls next on Basketball U. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN one thousand. You're listening to Tyler Rocky and Brian Hanley. It's basketball you talking college hoops. Talking college hoops with you on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Baseline rubs. Five to go. Bohannon. Way outside. Launches the shot. I love that final line there from Bill Raftery. Highlights courtesy of CBS. It pays to stay in school another year. And boy, did it for Jordan Bohannon. Because you got to remember, he was not going to come back to Iowa if the NIL was not passed. If he could not make money off of his name, image, and likeness. And boy, did he hit a big shot for Iowa yesterday. And now the Hawkeyes will take on Purdue in today's Big Ten Championship. You're listening to Basketball U, Tyler Aki and Brian Hanley. 312-332-3776 is the phone number if you want to tell us how you feel about your team heading into Selection Sunday and what you're watching for in this NCAA tournament. But Brian, looking forward to today's matchup between Iowa and Purdue, one of the few power conference bids still to be decided. Again, both of these teams are going to get in no matter what. There's no bid stealing going on here, but you certainly can help your seeding a little bit. I'm looking right now at bracket matrix. Purdue is slated as a three seed, and beneath them, I'm looking for Iowa. Iowa is the last of the five seeds right now. So you can you can do yourself a little bit of a favor here, especially if you're Purdue. When I'm looking at a team, Duke lost yesterday. Can mm-hmm. Purdue maybe leapfrog them? Um, Auburn did not close the season very strong. So there's some there's some things that can be done to improve your seating today, especially for a team like Iowa, too, that just played as well as it did down the stretch. And that stuff is going to stick in the minds of the committee. It used to, for sure. They used to look at teams that were playing their best basketball at the end of the season versus teams that kind of stumbled their way in. Like my Marquette Warrior, or Warriors, my Marquette Golden Eagles, <laughs> old habits die hard. Um, they used to really put a lot of weight on that, you know, because they they don't want a team that's like just on, on fumes. 
Um, you know, your take on Purdue is interesting that they look bored at times. And look, every team has a team. Like, you know, they lose twice to Wisconsin, right? And you mm-hmm. say they're, they're an NIT team without Johnny Davis. You know, so that doesn't look too good when you're supposed to be that much better than they are. But that said, Marquette beat Villanova twice. And right. if you lined them up today, I wouldn't like Marquette's chances of playing you know, Big East champion, right? So it's just maybe there there are certain teams within a conference where they just they have they have your number, they get up for it, whatever it is. But it is interesting because you know Purdue. Uh, I don't know. Can can they jump up the second number three according to back, uh, bracket matrix right now? Can yeah. they can mm. they be a two seed? I don't know. I'm looking at well, Tennessee still has. Uh, a game today to to try to win the SEC championship, and, and Tennessee is one of the teams that is right ahead of them right now. Are they going to be a team to take the lead? Because you look at Tennessee, I mean, I think they're one of those teams that's sort of flown under the radar in an SEC that all the headlines have been about Kentucky and Auburn. Like, could we be potentially looking at three SEC teams at a two seed? That that's still to be determined. But getting back to Purdue and Iowa today. I look at this Purdue team, again, th- I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game, and it's going to be a really close game as well. I wouldn't expect two teams with, that play with the style of offense that each of these two teams play with. It's going to be played in the 80s, I'd imagine. And when it comes down the stretch, who is going to deliver for their team? Is it going to be Jaden Ivey? Or is it going to be Keegan Murray? Because those are both guys that have hit big shots for their teams and will continue to hit big shots for their teams. And they can do it in a number of ways. I look at Keegan Murray. He can score at all three levels. That's why he is doing... That's why he's risen up the the draft boards the way yeah. that he has. Jaden Ivey, I mean, you get that guy downhill. I don't want to. I don't want to be in the lane for that. I mean, the way that he can attack the basket and draw the whistle too. He, he's a strong finisher. He's a really strong finisher. And uh, th- down the stretch, that's a guy you want on your team. If you need two points, he can get to the bucket and make it look easy. Yeah, we have a Twitter poll out there too. Which Big Ten team will go furthest in, in the um, NCAA tournament? Your Illini, uh, Purdue, uh, Wisconsin, or other. And and right now you can make a case for Iowa. I mean, yeah. they're playing the hottest the hottest basketball in the Big Ten right now, right? Right. No, absolutely. I mean, they look as strong as anyone here down the stretch. So where would you go vote on that poll? Are you going with one of the teams listed or are you going off the board? Boy, um, I don't want to really tick off Illini fans, but I'm with you and I don't trust them. So I would say of the group, I would say Purdue right now, even though they tend to look bored. I still think they have more tools than the other teams. I just wonder defensively with Purdue, will it hold up? Again, I know I, I've said they have the pieces, but I mean, this is a team that, that also could lose in a two fifteen, like or, or a three fourteen type of matchup with the way that their defense plays at times. If you don't get up and you find a mid-major that can just shoot the lights out, you're going to put yourself in, in a little bit of a predicament. And again, I like Purdue. I've liked them all year long just because they do have those closers that I've alluded to. When you look at a guy like Jaden Ivey, I mean, th- there are a few players in the country that I think I would want as a closer more than Jaden Ivey. I-, I look at him as almost this team's Io DeSumo from a season ago. How important Io was to that Illinois team. And I think the same applies here with a guy like Ivy because he does it on both sides of the ball. 
But the thing you knew about Io was that he was going to bring it every single night. He didn't care if you were playing Rutgers. He didn't care if you were playing uh, Northwestern or Nebraska. Or he didn't care if you were playing Michigan. He was going to bring it every single game. And there's just sometimes you look and watch Jaden Ivey off the ball and he doesn't have his hands up and he's he can look disengaged defensively. But when he's locked in, man, mm. he is absolutely frightening on the defensive side of the ball, too. Yeah, love to hear from our listeners. Uh, you know, make a case for your Big Ten team. And even if you don't, you're not a you don't you don't go to Illinois, uh, Illinois you weren't a Illini fan or Purdue, Wisconsin, you've just been paying attention. Make a case for the best Big Ten team as you enter into the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. 312-332-3776. So I would probably, boy, that's tough. I mean, I'm looking, you've got Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, your other candidates, you're really probably only looking at Iowa, I would say, at this Hope point. Tom Izzo isn't listening. <laughs> exactly. Uh, fe- uh, January, February, Izzo. Yeah. But, um, Ohio State doesn't really do it for me. Although those are teams like right now, Bracket Matrix has Ohio State and, and Michigan State as sevens. Those are seven seeds that I'm sure two seeds don't want to face either. So yeah. it, it certainly it certainly could play out that way as well. Uh, it's a tough question. I would probably go with Purdue, but again, this could be. And, and I go with Purdue because. I trust their guard play the most. Which is so important. Right. When you get into March, that guard play is everything. And in the sport in general, I mean, just look at the teams that were in the Final Four last year and how good those point guards were, whether it was Gonzaga with Jalen Suggs or Davion Mitchell at Baylor, um, and even UCLA had Tiger Campbell. Like UCLA does not go on that run last year without having their point guard play as good as it was. And I look at Purdue, Jaden Ivey's probably the guard I trust the most. You can make the case, certainly, for Johnny Davis, too. But you need some other pieces around that Wisconsin team. So I would probably go with Purdue right now. But, and, but it's it, not but a strictly, slam dunk. Right. I mean, yeah, you All can of make those a teams, yeah. you can see not making it to the second weekend, too. Oh, you, boy. <laughs> like there is a world where that exists. Oh, there is a, a definite world where that exists. All right, three one two three three two three seven seven six. You know, there's another team in state that has made a lot of buzz. They are going to the NCAA tournament for the first time in back-to-back years since 1963 and 1964. That's right. It's the Loyola Ramblers. We will talk about the Ramblers and more coming up next. Talking college hoops with you on this selection Sunday. Tyler Aki, Brian Henley here on Basketball U. We're going to be with you every single Sunday throughout the NCAA tournament. So we'll be watching the games. We will be breaking them down with you. We'll be getting you ready. That Sunday is always fun, too, because it's like the primer leading into the next set of rounds. So we will be we with you guys. might even be wagering on games. I don't know. That's a possibility. <laughs> if I Brian and I so. are known for a wager or two. Yeah. Every once in a while, we will we will text and collab some of our picks together as well. Uh, so speaking of another team, we've talked about, a lot about the Illini as the preeminent team in the state of Illinois. And there's another team that has done a ton this season and deserves a lot of credit, especially with the way that they closed out the season. And it is the Loyola Ramblers. And I look at this Loyola team who, again, they were sort of a bubble pick. I think leading into the tournament, 
probably got a little more clout because of what they've done the past couple of seasons. And I think that the name brand, and again, this is something that plays a factor, and that is why building up programs is so important. But name brands will get into the tournament as some of those last four ins. But Loyola left no doubt. They won the Missouri Valley Conference tournament last week, so they are officially in after beating Drake. They played some really strong basketball. They weren't just winning games down the stretch. They were blowing teams out. Um, they they blew out Bradley to open up the, the uh, MVC tournament, and then they blew out Northern Iowa. They held Northern Iowa without a field goal for, I believe it was the final 15 minutes Whoa. of the game. 15 and a half or something That's in that crazy. nature. Yeah. So this is a team that under Drew Valentine, a little bit different, but still, I mean, you're talking about Loyola continuing to play the brand of basketball that has made them so successful the last couple of seasons. And Drew Valentine, I mean, it's the nature of the major, as I like to say. When you're a mid-major team, some somebody's going to be interested in your head coach. You saw Porter Moser leave after last season after a, another great run by the Ramblers. But Drew Valentine, he deserves a ton of credit for what he has done to build up and continue the success, sustain it. Because that's the tough thing in the mid-major ranks. Sometimes it's the older teams that play well. But Drew Valentine has done a fantastic job this season. It's done a fantastic job, and you're right. You know, we're going to start the uh, coaching carousel soon after the uh, tournament. And and but having said that, and he's just seamlessly trans, you know, made that transfer to to the end end of the bench as a head coach. But Lucas Williamson has been there forever, right? Yeah. And he delivered big time in the title game. So you've got some senior, you know, guiding hand there with Williamson. There's a lot to like about Loyola. So if in fact that that Jerry Palm. Uh, prediction plays out and they face Iowa, that's a tough call, but it's going to be right. a tough call no matter who they face, right? Because they're, they're going in and uh, they're probably going in as, as a, an 11 or so. We'll, we'll see. But, um, but you know, again, the fact that they're a brand name, like you just said, is amazing, right? Yeah. Five, six years ago, that Loyola now, their, their brand name has cachet and helps elevate them when it comes to Selection Sunday. It's unbelievable. I look at it, too, as you think about some of the players in the state that they're going to end up getting over the next couple of years. Yep. And Drew Valentine, say what you want about his brother Denzel. Having a brother in the NBA is a recruiting tool. No doubt. It is an absolute recruiting tool. And Drew just has that swagger to him. And mm-hmm. he's he's a player's coach. The players love playing for him. And I'm glad you brought up Lucas Williamson because... We've we spent a bulk of the show talking about how important the point guard play, the lead guard play is. That that's as good as you're going to find on a mid major. Lucas Williamson. That is a guy who I'm almost surprised when Porter left for Oklahoma, he didn't try to take Lucas Williamson with him. And maybe he did try. I don't yeah, know. Maybe he did try. But and Lucas, being a local kid, said, "You know, thanks. I'm, I'm I like building this here. I want to finish it off." Right. And I'm just happy to see a guy like Lucas Williamson be given all of these March opportunities. He was a, a critical part of that Final Four team. He was fantastic in the the run last season against Illinois. And, I mean, he just keeps on doing it for this Loyola team. There were questions whether or not he'd even come back because he might have some overseas interest or you never know what happens when you go to to the G League, especially this season. It felt like anyone that went to the G League got some sort of run in the NBA this year with all the COVID uh, pauses and, and roster moves that had to be made. But... I'm really happy for this Loyola team, and I'm I'm looking forward to another extended run because this is a team that, A, is not afraid of anybody. And, no. and there's no greater example of that 
than what they did back in January. Again, everyone's mind was on football then, but Brian, you and I, we, we always have our, our eyes on college basketball. And you may be saying, what happened in January that made you think that they're a fearless group? They had to make up a game. They hadn't played in nearly a month because of COVID and some of the opponents and stuff like that. So what do they do? They fly out. I believe this game was played in Vegas against San Francisco. Um, and or no, it was played in, in Utah at a junior college in Utah. It was where the, the Jazz's G League team plays. And they went out and played San Francisco. That is a, a neutral site game, but certainly one that's probably more of a, a road game than it is a, a, a neutral site game for a team like Loyola. And they went out and beat San Francisco, who's good, one of the best mid-majors in all of college basketball right now. Yeah, it's terrific stuff. And, and you know, for them, for Lucas Williamson, too, the, the, off the court, you're not going to find a better guy. No. Oh, right? no. I mean, just, I mean, maturity, um, just level-headed. I mean, he's doing voiceovers on, on hit, uh, Black History documentaries mm-hmm. in his closet during COVID. He's recording. I mean, this kid has got a future, whether it's on the basketball floor or not. He, he You have to celebrate that. And, and for him to make that imprint at Loyola and for, for a guy like, uh, Coach Valentine to now go out there just like Porter did and and work the the area right and yeah. it's such Chicago area is such a tough and competitive recruiting area. But when you have a guy like Lucas Williamson make the mark he did at Loyola, that opens up a lot of doors for future Ramblers, right? Yeah, Whitney Young kid too. That's a that's a breeding ground you want to tap into if you're a, a, a college coach and the the number of guys that they have put in in big time tournament situations and i think lucas williamson also deserves a lot of credit too for making this job a little bit easier for someone like denzel valentine who's the youngest head coach in division 1 college basketball right now and that's not an easy transition to make i don't care if you're just sliding a few spots down the bench and you still have roster familiarity Again, it is a tough transition to make that leap from assistant to head coach. You rarely see it happen the way that it sort of happened there, especially at the age that someone like Drew Valentine is. And Lucas Williamson, I think, deserves a lot of credit for making that transition a little bit easier for him. 312-332-3776. Let's head over to Tom in Lyle. What's going on, Tom? Uh, not too much. How are we doing, guys? We're great. It's a great day to be a Rambler. Um, Every day is a great day to be a Rambler. (laughs) I agree with everything you said. I think uh, two things I feel good about. One is the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, This team has got two sixth-year guys, three fifth-year guys, a fourth-year guy, and two third-year in their rotation. Mm -hmm. So probably the the oldest team in the NCAA tournament, uh, if not the oldest one of them. So I'm looking right now. Ken Palm lays out experience. They are 26th in the country in terms of experience, which is a really, really solid ranking. You usually, so Loyola has about two and a half years of experience per player, and the the country average is 1.87. So a really strong number there. And another stat that I like to look to is minutes continuity. Basically, how much of your minutes are coming back. Loyola's top 50 in that metric as well. So the experience matters, but more importantly, the tournament experience matters a ton. And that's something that this team certainly has. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, obviously, they lost Crutwig from last year's team, but everybody else came back. Um, And the other big thing we've got going, you touched on playing well coming down the stretch. Uh, We got healthy. Yeah. Marquise Kennedy from Brother Rice came back. He missed about four weeks of conference play. Um, his first three games back were at Arch Madness, and he he really brings another dimension to this team. It's extra juice, 
I think you saw that uh, all weekend last weekend. Yep, absolutely. Tom, appreciate your call, and good luck to your Ramblers as they head into the NCAA tournament for the second straight season. First time they have done that since 63 and 64. All right, on the other side, we are going to get into some of the one seeds. We're going to get into who are the championship contenders as well. All that coming up in two minutes on Basketball U.